Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome in, everybody, to your weekend edition. It's always Saturdays that we have the mock draft special. Mr. Brown's mock himself, Stephen Thomas. How are you? Living the dream, my friend. Let's let let's make some picks that are horrible and wrong and will get us yelled at. I think that's the thing we do. We set the baseline for being the draft idiot so that Andrew Barry makes his picks down the line. <laughs> and then you, people are like, this guy's amazing because I listened to these two idiots for about six months leading up to it so anyway. all the world's a stage and we are the comedic relief my friend <laughs> that we are let's do our comedic relief and let's make some selections <laughs> the browns have actually slid back a little bit in these uh <clears throat> simulators and they're picking 28th in the first round we'll hope that continues to slide back and slide back and slide back all the way to 32 uh maybe the browns are playing their appetizer game this weekend in la for a return at the end of the year i don't know throwing up my hands could happen Right? It could happen. So let's do it. We're going to go with your first pick. You picked, and this one you focused, Steve, correct me if I'm wrong. And a reminder to everybody this is up Wednesday. So Stevens, every single week, he does a mock and he goes deep dive on all of these players he picks to get information on them. You get some clips of their, their gameplay. So it's already out. If you haven't read it, again, I will, as I usually do, I will link it in the description of this podcast so you can find it quickly. You can click on the link in the episode and it'll take you right to it. But this one you focused on players that we haven't picked, so we can have some different discussions. Should be fun. You talk about George Pickens, wide receiver from Georgia, pick 28. Yeah, that that was the focus this week because, uh, especially this time of year, there's not a ton of movement on the board, so it's easy to fall into a pattern of picking the same guys over and over. Yeah. So I said I'm only going to pick guys that we've never picked before. Uh, not that they haven't deserved it. They just, for whatever reason, haven't made it onto our pages. Uh, the reason Pickens has not made it before this week is pretty obvious if you pay attention uh, to college football at all. Tours ACL in April and has yet to uh, play this year. Now, re uh, reports last week where he is uh, back on the practice field, which is just the the speed at which these guys are coming back from these injuries anymore is just it's just it's ridiculous crazy. it really is he's back on the practice field he's wearing a, a non-contact jersey running routes running full speed all that kind of stuff and there's they say there's a good chance that he'll play uh before the end of the year uh now if he only puts a couple games up he may decide not to declare uh, especially if he doesn't look totally healthy go back and help his draft stock kind of thing but if he comes back and shows anything like what he's shown previously before the injury uh, this is a guy that was heavily, heavily talked about in uh, day one and you know, potentially top half of day one conversation. 6'3", 200, uh, super fast um, and runs routes like we expect from the Alabama wide receivers over the years. He's, he's, he's a very nuanced route runner, uh, got very strong hands, uh, great at the catch point, super after the catch, puts in the necessary effort. Uh, in the blocking part of the game, which we know is really, really important uh, for Kevin Stefanski in his system. So uh, people have uh, long been telling me that wide receiver is in the discussion, and I, I believe them. Uh, most of the names that get thrown on, of course, the two Buckeyes, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, and then John Mechie from Alabama, Traylon Burks from Arkansas, all those guys. And uh, Jahan Dotson and Drake London are moving themselves up boards into that discussion as well. But if Pickens can come back healthy, and like I said, show 
that he is either at or at least well on his way to returning to his pre-injury form, I think he will once again put himself back into the day one talk. And where the Browns are picking at the back half, like you said, 28th this week, if they somewhere end up between 25 and 32, like we all expect them to, um, it could be a spot where a guy coming off an injury slides to because teams ahead of him might uh, not take that chance. So uh, something to consider. But uh, if he's healthy, he is a prototypical X receiver and would be a great answer if they move on from one or both of those large contracts in the wide receiver room this year. So 2019, he had a great coming out party. He had 49 catches, 726, eight touchdowns, an 85.5 grade, great separation metrics. Uh, he had, let me see here, no drops that entire season. Um, uh, he had four missed tackles, forced four first downs, sorry, 37 first downs accounted for. So that's a heck of a first season. His second season still pretty dang good in a weird year last year. F- 53 targets, 36 catches. 513 six touchdowns so he's an impact maker he is a guy that can do more he's a more outside guy he had 91 percent of his snaps outside only eight percent of his snaps in the slot so if you're looking for that z or x if you're replacing maybe the you know again who knows what they'll do but if odell moves on or whatever they decide to do that is the type of player that you would look for that position as you know steve said earlier he is not playing currently so we're not going to spend time looking at a chance to watch him you can go watch him on youtube or whatever else you want to do you can find him there because he's not playing uh, for at least a little while this season second pick we're going to look at improving the corner room you know me i'm all about coverage players it's bearing itself out right now steve talk about this pick out of missouri yeah caleb evans uh and you know i know there's probably people we've gone two picks and haven't addressed edge or interior defensive line and they're probably you know yelling at their radio right now or whatever they're listening on um <laughs> you know boy that was an old guy reference wasn't it um but uh it, it, the the uh, the way the board fell this time the value just wasn't there and like you said you can never ever ever have too many cover corners as we've already seen this year and a Caleb Evans transfer from Tulsa uh to Missouri but still is well under the age guardrail uh, will only be 22 at the time of the draft. Uh, and this is a guy that has pretty much all the physical characteristics you want. He's 6'2", he's over 200 pounds. He supposedly runs in the mid to low 4'4". He's got very fluid hips uh, from what I've seen, which is a big thing. He can mirror, uh, he's physical, he can jam a guy. He's he's equally adept in man or zone from what I have seen. Um, very strong tackler in the run game. Has no fear of coming up and sticking his nose in like a lot of uh, cover corners uh, can't not a lot, but you see it where the guys are great in coverage, but they don't like you know to come up and, and really blow stuff up. This guy likes to blow stuff up. Uh, he's got length, uh, he's got ball skills, and he understands. And he's one of those guys who can keep his eyes in the backfield and on his man at the same time, and it doesn't affect his feet, which is is it's unusual, but it's highly desirable. Um, put up a lot of, of good stats while he was at Tulsa. Uh, the one that he was lacking in was he had not found an interception yet. He had some ball production, but no interceptions. And he picked off two against uh, uh, Clemson, I think, uh, early in this season. So, or, I'm sorry, not Clemson. Um, oh God, I'm blanking on who they did in their who they played in their opener. But I think he got two in that first game. So that question has been answered as well. He has moved himself from pretty much off the radar to firmly entrenched in the day two on most of the boards that I've seen. So if he's around and they've addressed those other positions that we talked about, this could be a guy that they look to in day two. 
It's pretty amazing he's under 22. I mean, he's played 1,589 college snaps. He's, he yep. went to Tulsa in 2017 um, before he left Tulsa in 19, I think, after 19. And, yeah, it's kind of amazing his age. He must have got to college really early. Yep. He, uh, yeah, you're right. He has an interception. They they marked him down for one. Maybe they gave him a pass breakup on one. He didn't get a foot down in or something, Steve. I'm not sure. They gave him. They have him charted as one interception and two pass breakups this year. Mm. Um, uh, high, low 70s grades. Coverage grades are right at the low 70 mark. Again, coverage stuff is really is really strange with Pro Football Focus. Sometimes you really got to watch it. There are some positions I think they do better than others. Uh, if you think you're in the 70 threshold, you're playing pretty good football at corner. It's just then about what you do when the ball arrives. He's been uh, accredited for eight pass breakups in his college career. Um, he had, I think, 15 penalties throughout those 1,500 snaps, most of which he only has 57 slot snaps. So he is definitely an outside corner at his size, 6'2", 200, they list him here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, good player. You can watch Missouri play. They're struggling right now. I think they've lost... Uh, they lost to BC, they lost to Tennessee, they lost to Kentucky, but they play North Texas tomorrow at 4 o'clock. You can catch them there and uh, hopefully catch Evans playing a pretty good game. We will move on to our next spot, which is picks, uh, pick 92, and re- really fun. Foskey's a fun defensive end out of Notre Dame. Talk about him. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy, I know that there's some people out there that think Notre Dame defenders can be, you know, with the exception of JOK, obviously, and now this year Kyle Hamilton, but they have a reputation of being sort of finessey type players, but this dude isn't that. Uh, I mean, this guy had offers from uh, Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia. I mean, he he can absolutely play 6'5", listed just shy of 260, and super, super athletic. He's sort of a, uh, I don't want to say a mini Miles Garrett with the way he moves, but it's in that sort of realm of athleticism. Um, he's smooth, he's quick, he's, but he's not just a, a speed rusher. He can... He can collapse a pocket um, from just a straight bull rush. He's got a long arm. He can bend the arc. Um, he can also drop um, the way they use him almost almost in a hybrid type uh, way at Notre Dame. Um, so he can drop into coverage if you want to disguise some things. But, you know, he's he's got an array of pass rush moves. He's got counter moves. Uh, this is his first year as a full-time starter. So it's really his first time to shine. I, th- I have a feeling he's going to have a big day against the Hokies. I don't know why. I just feel like he is. Um, but, yeah, there's really not much that he can't do. Um, he's an athletic ball of clay that uh, coaches are going to love if he's around in this range, which the only reason he might be is because this is shaping up to be an absolutely stacked edge class. Uh, just on talent alone, he's probably closer to the top of day two. But there's so many edge rushers. If they all happen to declare and they're all healthy, he could just get pushed down in a numbers game. So if you can get him in the in the third round, I think it would be tremendous value. And despite how well the edge room is playing, and they are playing lights out right now, it's possible, but I think you'll agree with me, Jake, highly unlikely that both Clowney and Tack McKinley are back next year. So they will need to restock at some point on day one or day two. Yeah, if they keep both trending in the direction they're going, they're they're going to get money from somebody. I don't think Cleveland right. can afford to keep both of them. And you're right, they're going to have to address this with a younger body. I like Foskey a lot. I think he's a talented player. He's putting up his best season this year. I mean, last year he played, now he only played 282 snaps. He's not even quite there yet, but he's going to match those metrics. He's up over a 78 total defensive grade. Strong in both categories. Run defense 78.5, pass rush 76.4. 
14 total pressures already, five sacks already passing his his mark last year, three hits, six hurries. He's had 16 tackles, 16 of those. All 16 have been stop plays, so they've constituted failures for the offense. He's fun, man. He's a lot of fun, and he can be versatile. He can do some things. You can get creative with him and uh, simulated pressures. I, I like him a lot, so that's a name to keep your eye on, Browns fans. Uh, Notre Dame plays, like you said, the gauntlet of the schedule they do. Uh, they play Virginia Tech tomorrow at 7.30. And if you're listening this Saturday morning, it would be tonight. I always forget that you know when we post this, we're not always when you're listening. So Saturday night, 7.30 game. Should be a fun one to watch. Uh, I think it's, it's probably still NBC, right? Even if they're not... Even if they're not hosting, I think it's ACC Network uh, tomorrow night. I'm not sure which would be ESPN Plus if you have it, uh, but but I'm not 100% sure on that. Gotcha. Find them somehow, some way. You figure it out. Next pick, 105, Thomas Booker out of Stanford. Always tough guys in the front out of Stanford. Go ahead. Yeah, this is a guy um, sort of really has stayed off a lot of national, excuse me, a lot of national radars, radars, and part of that, in my opinion is because they haven't allowed him to focus on one position. He's got tremendous versatility. He has played from, uh, you know, all the way out wide uh, to straight up, you know, zero and shade, and he does it all equally adeptly. Um, I think he's best at, like, you know, a four-eye or in the three, but he can go inside um, six, what is he, six, four, three, ten-ish, I think they have him listed at. And uh, very athletic. His first step is very quick. And so he reminds me in a lot of ways of what they have uh, with Malik McDowell. And he's a guy who can beat you with speed immediately if you're uh, half a step slow as an offensive lineman off uh, off the snap. But then if you do get into him, he's strong enough to just push you around, too. So uh, not your typical you know, run plugger, wide two gap, you know, old school guy. People, some people are going to look at him and go, oh, he's not really a true defensive tackle. Well, you know, that's the way the game is plen- uh, trending. And it looks like that's what Andrew Berry wants to build on the, the defensive side of the ball. He wants big but uh, quicker guys on the inside there. So if uh, Malik, ja- I think Malik Jackson is going to come back on another one year deal personally. But uh, it, even if he does, you need somebody coming up behind him to learn. And Booker is, seems to be the type of player um, that, uh, you know, smart, versatile, athletic, strong, um, that, uh, would fit in well in what they're trying to build on that interior defensive line group. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Versatility is always great. He's played around a lot of places, like you said. The numbers this year are not as strong as the last two years. Last two years, he's gone 71-2, 72-4. 
uh, as far as total grades. Run defense has been strong. Not as strong this year, but again, he's still putting up the metrics. 11 total pressures, 2 sacks, 3 hits, 6 hurries, 19 tackles, 14 stop tackles. All very much on path to be who he's always been. So, you know, I don't know. Take it for what it's worth. I still think he's producing. He'll be a fun guy to study later, and especially when you're looking for those values like the Jordan Elliott's, right? in the middle rounds here that you can get to help bolster your defensive line. And uh, yeah, keep that name in mind. Thomas Booker out of Stanford. Stanford yeah, I mean, plays... you're not going to get, uh, you know, Quinn and Williams type guys at the top of day three that, you know, you, you have to understand where you're picking. Cause I've heard, you know, people will say things like that. Well, wouldn't you rather have, and then they'll name like, you know, DeMarvin Leal or something like that. Well, yeah, he's going to get picked in the top 10. You can't really compare a guy that's getting going to get picked in the top 10 to a guy that's going to get, currently ranked on the middle of day three you got to sort of adjust your expectations now every once in a while you'll find a guy that comes in on the top of day three and plays like he should have been picked in the top 10 but you know for the most part it's it's guys that are going to need a little development and you know they're going to be solid but not you know aaron donald you know so uh you just you just gotta realize where you're picking these guys and adjust accord your uh, your eyes accordingly Stanford has played some up-and-down football this year. Lost to K-State yes. to open, beat the snot out of USC to get Clay Helton fired, beat Vanderbilt comfortably, lost to UCLA, then go and beat Stan or sorry, beat Oregon last week. So they're all over the map. They're 3-2 and two and got another chance to beat a ranked team. They play Arizona State in the battling Kyle Murphy's uh, tonight at 10.30, a late-night Friday <laughs> night uh, Pac-12 Pac <clears throat> after dark Friday game. So if you miss the game and you're listening to this Saturday – Go back and check it out. I'm sure there are replays available. So you can check out Thomas Booker. Now we go pick 130. You go with some interior O-line. Who you got? Uh, Emil Ikior from uh, Alabama, and I'm only about 50% that I'm uh, pronouncing that correctly. It sounded um, great to me. It sounded great. He's a, uh, you know, pretty much what you'd expect uh, from an Alabama guy. Smart, tough, accountable. Uh, he's unlike some of the bigger you know, uh, Alabama walls that we've seen, you know, the Buick with feet that, that comes out of the offensive line and defensive line in Alabama could improve his functional strength. I think that's the place that he needs uh, the most work. But, you know, as we all know, a one year in an NFL weight room can have a, a wondrous effect, especially as you got a guy like Bill Callahan pushing you and teaching you. Um, he's definitely athletic enough, which is why at this range, I wouldn't mind uh, bringing him into the Browns offensive line room because, as we all know, you got to be able to get to the second level. You got to be able to get out to either side, find your guy, and work in tandem. And he's he's a smart player. He's very smart. Um, so if they're in this range and they have not, excuse me, addressed uh, interior offensive line yet, he's one of the guys that probably will be in the discussion. So he's only allowed six pressures this year. He allowed fourteen last year. And uh, it was his first year getting a ton of snaps, pretty solid grades, low 70s, run blocking a little better, 76, 75.3 overall. Not, you know, got to study the tape on the young man, but it's the, the data is strong enough that this is a spot that he would be considered listed here, 6'3", 324, playing pretty good football, played Ole Miss really well and played uh, early in the season. He played Miami, Florida pretty strong as well. So those are games that you could go back and watch. <clears throat> I do not know who Alabama plays, so I'm going to look that up right now. I'm sure it's going to be a route, but uh, we'll give you the information. Alabama lines up this weekend. Well, they play Texas A&M. It's a big game. Texas A&M a little, uh, performed a little poorly. Unless Are they off? I think this might be the following. No, it's tomorrow. Texas A&M, Alabama. I think Alabama's on the road there at <clears> 8 o'clock <throat> Saturday night. 
So you can check that out if you would like, if you're into SEC football. Now pick 170. Speaking of Texas A&M, Damani Richardson, we got. Yeah, I think uh, this is a guy that I, when I picked it, I got some replies saying he's going to go much higher than that. And I happen to agree with him. I think he's one of the guys that the people who put the boards together uh, over at the Draft Network, and they do a tremendous job. They just haven't gotten to him yet, I think. You know, you can only look at so many guys. It takes time. So, you know, I think he's a little lower than he's going to be because this guy, uh, when especially when you think about what the way Joe Woods likes to use his safeties, he's he's I think a perfect fit. He can play high, he can play low. He's very smart. He can play rover. He can go in and do the linebacker stuff. He's he hits like a truck. Uh, when he sees it, he triggers downhill like a maniac. Uh, not quite JOK speed triggering downhill, but that's an unfair comparison. Um, but uh, that guy he, can't he lo- play. He's a second rounder. I know. Right? I know. He can't, what, he can't play in the bot. What is he going to do in the NFL? If he was any good, why was he still available yeah. at 52? Yeah. Right. We're going to do that um, every time we bring his name up. Just so we're, clear. <laughs> uh, we're not petty. We don't no. hold on to things from last year. No, 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 we don't hold on to things at all. Uh, but Damani Richardson, yeah. And, and the safety, it's another one of those spots on the Browns roster that's going to be interesting because if they retain Ronnie Harrison, then they might not look at safety at all. But if Ronnie happens to be one of the people who loses out, in this game of contractual musical chairs, then they will need to restock behind uh, JJ3 and um, and Grant Delpit and Richard LeCount. So if some if if Richardson's around at this range, I'd be thrilled. Guy's got like I think negative percent body fat. He's he's absolutely rocked up. Uh, fast, strong, smart, accountable, hard hard worker from everything that I've seen. Um, there's just not a lot to not like about the money Richardson. Has been a really solid tackler in his career. He had a 90.2 grade last year. and In 406 snaps, he only missed one tackle and had 32 solos, four assists, nine stop plays. Had 22 stop tackles his, his, uh, his first year, 2019. He's missed a couple this year, but, I mean, I think that seems to be what he's known by. 73 coverage grade. He's had a pass breakup this year. Last year he had an interception and a pass breakup. 2019 he had a a pick and four pass breakups. So fun player. If you look at his, his stats here, especially 2020, 109 snaps in the box, 177 snaps at deep safety and 107 at slot. That's very Grant Delpity, right? Mm -hmm. 64 in the box this year, 179 at free and 55 in the slot. So a lot of, and three corner snaps as well. So he can do a little bit of everything. So fun player to watch. As we said, Texas A&M hosts Alabama. They're coming off a loss to, uh, I think they lost to Arkansas, then they lost to Mississippi State, and then, hey, man, now you get to welcome in Alabama. So, congratulations. Good luck. Uh, good luck. Yep, glad I'm not involved. Pick 206. I, I, you know, this is an all-SEC draft so far, almost. A couple picks here and there. But a lot of SEC guys. Quay Walker, so you got the linebacker out of Georgia. Continue to like picking value linebackers late. I like it. Yeah, and he's super athletic. Um, I've had some people, you know, uh, already saying, "Oh, we desperately need linebackers," and I don't get that. I do not understand. Um, I, I understand. Last year, sure. This year, they've got a wealth of young, uh, very talented guys at that room. So unless something goes awry, I don't see them spending money uh, or uh, big uh, draft capital. But if you get to this range, you know, we're in the late sixth round at this point, post pick 200. If you can get a guy that runs like Walker at six, three or whatever he's listed at, uh, you take the chance because at minimum, a guy that big and fast is going to be a solid special teams contributor. He's, 
He's a solid tackler. When he sees what's in front of him and understands what's in front of him, he can get there quickly. Uh, there's a few clips out there. I think uh, uh, Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl posted one of him getting to the sideline like an absolute blur. Uh, he runs really well for a guy his size. The issue with Walker from people who are way smarter about this stuff than I am is that he doesn't always know what he's looking at. He doesn't process particularly well. Uh, when he gets it, he's really, really good. But when he doesn't get it, obviously, you know, that means you can look lost. That's what happens. But um, as a guy at this range, if you think you can improve that, then it could end up being a really, uh, really a big steal because, uh, like I said, he's super athletic and can run. He he runs really like almost you know free safety level of speed. Um, but uh, at this range, if you can get, if all he ever turns into is a solid special teams contributor and maybe a depth piece in the linebacker room at pick two oh three or wherever we are, that's a pretty good get for that pick at this point. Yeah, he's playing good football lately. Arkansas last week, he uh, and they're playing historically good defense at Georgia right now. They held Clemson to three, UAB to seven, South Carolina to thirteen. Shut out Vandy and Arkansas. They have a huge test coming up at Auburn, uh, but that might be like you know I'm looking at this. There's not many great offenses left on that schedule, mm-hmm. and they're playing some unbelievable defense. He played it to an 83.2 grade last week. Had two pressures. He had a hit in a hurry. He had a tackle, stop tackle. He had two. He was targeted twice in coverage and broke up one of those throws and zero catches his direction. He's playing really solid football. And over the course of 718 college snaps, Steve, he's a great tackler. And the Browns really like guys who, at the linebacker position, put up solid tackle metrics. He's been over 80 every single season. He's only missed four tackles in his entire college career while putting up 61 solos and 11 assists. So, that means something. He had 19 stop tackles last year, four this year, and, uh, you know, this impressive stuff. The coverage has come along this year. The coverage grade is up to 70.5 after being down last year. So watch him. He's number seven. You can check him out in the primetime game there with Auburn. I think that'll be a CBS 330 kick, uh, number two, Georgia, at number 18, Auburn. Last pick is pick 221, Dakobe Durant from South Carolina State. Last time I think we saw South Carolina State put out a pretty good player as a linebacker, right? That's where, yeah. that's where our, uh, what's his name? I forget it now. Blanking. Step in. Over in, Indi- over in Indianapolis. Uh, um, we're both uh, blanking. Look oh. at us. Darius <laughs> oh, Leonard. Darius, Darius Leonard. Darius Leonard. We got it. We got it. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Actually, Jacoby Durant uh, was mentioned by Bill Carroll on the draft show on Twitch a couple of weeks ago. Bill, uh, if you're not following him, at 11 Bravo, he's the head of HBCU uh, scouting. And he every year he turns me on to some HBCU prospects that I end up just loving. And Durant is one of them. Now, the issue with... Durant that I should note right up front here is I was completely unable to find uh, a a date of birth on him and he is listed as a redshirt senior so it's 50-50 whether he's going to fall under the age guard real guidelines or not. Um, But a pick 221 they could get very bendy they can sometimes do that they haven't really done it with with late draft guys they do it with the the free agent types but I don't know maybe they like a guy here and it's like yeah screw it you know. Yeah, it's it's hard to say, especially this year. And, you know, we said this last year, you know, because of the COVID thing, there's going to be so many super seniors. And I've had people bring this up to me in the OBR forums. And I, I'm trying to say, yes, that's possible, but I'm not going to go there yet. With so many super seniors, depending on who declares and who doesn't, there may not be anybody left in the seventh round that they like that fits under the guardrail. But, you know, uh, at any rate, um, he's listed at 5'11", 180. 
so he's a little bit of a smaller guy, but I mean, you know, coming into the year, 80 something tackles, 22 pass breakups, and I think 10 interceptions heading into the season. And then he had two against Clemson earlier. That's, that's who I was thinking of earlier. Uh, when I when I misspoke um, about uh, Caleb Evans, uh, Dakobe Durant had two picks against Clemson, which, yep, that's right. you know, as Jordan Reed says, uh, when you're a smaller school like this, a smaller school prospect, the first thing NFL GMs and scouts are going to do is find your toughest competition, the biggest school you played against and see how you performed against that. So that was a huge game for him. Um, as far as everything else. Aside from being a little bit undersized, which obviously can have an effect on his tackling ability, uh, not that he's not he's willing, he's a willing tackler. But when you're little, sometimes you get run over. I mean, that's just the way it is. Everything else he does at an extremely high level, he mirrors well. His hips are great. His feet are great. He's got great ball skills. His eyes are terrific. Um, he is a super just a super kid from everything that I've heard. Uh, so if you're in the seventh round and you're looking at another corner at this point and a guy like Jacoby Durant is still around, again, at minimum, he's a guy that's going to come in, play with his hair on fire and contribute for you on special teams. And as a depth piece, maybe your dime uh, uh, you know, corner or something like that. So if they get to this round and a guy like Jacoby Durant is still available and he falls under the age guardrail, I would I would expect him to be definitely on their list. It's a fun, fun metrics, man. He was a 90 coverage grade last year, an 85.6 the year before. He's playing pretty good football still this year with the two interceptions, three pass breakups. He's making tackles. He's only missed nine tackles in 1,203 college snaps, so he tackles well. Fun player to keep an eye on. You're probably going to have to YouTube some of his stuff or, or go through whatever channels you can you can find you can find that Clemson game online. Obviously, they play Florida A and M tomorrow at six o'clock. I don't really know how you'd find that game unless you go through their school website or something of that nature. So um, I don't know that they have any other bigger games that will make their way onto TV. But if you can find a Kobe Durant highlights, do it because he's fun and uh, it would be a great, great late round lottery ticket. Steve, another mock. We're five weeks into this thing, man. I appreciate your time, buddy. Always fun. Thanks for having me on, brother. Thanks for everything this week, guys. It's been great. We uh, we remind you to check out last week's, uh, sorry, yesterday's uh, a preview behind enemy lines we did with Michael Peterson was was pretty uh, enlightening. Michael's a smart dude. Gave every piece of information that you would need to know about the Chargers. We had John Colosimo on as well. Those two are our most recent pods, both of which are my favorite things to end the week before we hit the draft cycle here. I learned so many names that I would never have learned until I started picking this stuff up late. So. Uh, that's why I, I love this episode with Steve every week, and and hopefully you guys are enjoying it too. The listens are pretty solid, so we decided to really keep this thing going because you guys seem to care about it. So again, if you have questions about a player or want to turn us on to somebody, the DMs, both myself and Steve, are always open. Feel free to hit us up with anybody you want us to take a look at and potentially talk about on this show. It's always collaborative. We do it for you guys to talk about players that you can get on your radar too. So I'll be back to join you on Sunday morning. I'll be posting my game day podcast, probably with Brad Ward. Usually that's what we do. I haven't talked, but that's what we're going to try to get into the routine of doing. Post that maybe Saturday night so you can have it for your Saturday night or Sunday morning, whenever you want to listen. And then I will be live with the OBR for our 3 o'clock pregame show from uh, Old River. Uh, it's the first time I'm going to go live, get up there to Cleveland and enjoy it. So uh, check that out. We'll be there both pre and post, and we'll have a pretty good group of OBR guys uh, covering that, both, like I said, the pre and post game. Should be a ton of fun. Join us live if you want to. Plenty of you have 
have talked to me about that. Uh, also, uh, the hat giveaway we did, if you if you have not heard whether your name was picked or not, I tagged everybody. There were 10 hats we gave away. We are going to give out more. Once I figure out how to make some more, then we'll give out more. We'll probably sell some, too. So if you're interested in that, uh, there'll be more information to come. Thanks for listening today, guys. Have a great, whether you're listening this Friday night or Saturday, have a great day and the usual sign-off. Go Browns.